0: Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in here. My guest today is no other than Joe Kalella, realtor and director of sales with the ROAC real estate team. How you doing, Joe? Hey Nick, thanks for having me. I think we should have done this interview down the shore or something. It was quite nice out there today. Yeah, weather's cracked today, so now everybody's out, you know, probably you know, everybody's like, Hey, can we go see some homes today? It's nice out. It's it's crazy, yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. Well, listen, thanks for joining us, Joe. uh, We've known each other. We're trying to count it, right? It's definitely been a handful of years, maybe six years, something like that. So uh, why don't you fill everybody in for people who maybe don't know you, tell me your story. Like, how'd you get into real estate? How'd you get to where you are today? Kind of ups, the downs, everything, fill them in. Yeah, so good question.
1: I, I sometimes forget, you know what I mean? Like I've been doing it for the last six years. Probably all started back 2017. I was in college. I took an internship in real estate. I worked for a real estate developer in Hoboken. He had about 400 units. at the Time I was going to school for accounting. You know, I was like hard set, like I'm gonna be an accounting partner. This is the career. I'm gonna work the ladder. I ended up landing an internship at a top four firm. It was pretty much like similar to a Goldman Sachs for accounting. And I was like, my life's set. I don't have to do anything. I worked as hard as I could in the short term, and I'm gonna be good. I took an internship which I didn't want to take, but I liked my professor, and he was the CFO of this company. And I was like, you know what? I want to learn a little bit in real estate. If I'm making money in accounting, I'm gonna invest in real estate, right? So I had an eye-opening experience. I worked for them. Um, I learned the ins and outs of the industry on the commercial and residential flip leasing and all that kind of stuff. And I was just like, wow, this is really interesting stuff. And the one thing that I kept noticing is I also had worked a tax internship all day. I was looking at tax returns and all I kept seeing was a common theme was the people with all the money owned a business, invest in real estate or worked in real estate in some sort or owned a business. So I was just like, well, you know, I see a couple of high net worth people. Maybe they were accountants or attorneys and stuff like that that did well, but the people really, really crushing it were in a sales role or owning a business. That's when I kind of just started the discovery thing. I was like, let me go dip my toes and see what it was. Being an accounting major that summer before I was starting my job, I actually was studying for the CPA exam. So what happened was it sucked. Like it was very difficult. Uh, I failed the test twice. There's four exams you have to take. I, at the same time, ended up coming back. I went on a trip to Mexico I came back, just said, let me do this real estate thing. It's a two week course. Let's see what happens, right? I passed the class on the first time. And the next step they're like, all right, you gotta go interview brokers. I talked to a couple different brokers and that's how I landed at that one Keller Williams where we kind of became mutual friends with Dennis. What essentially happened was I was touring the building. I was not interested at all. I was like, I don't see myself here. People are really old. I was like, it doesn't seem like anyone's really doing well. And then all of a sudden they're like oh go go on this side go talk to these two guys and i spoke to dennis and dennis was like yeah like everything he was saying made sense we actually had a common you know we both were very into gary v at the time so we had a lot of things in common and at the time like i was like look i got the summer to finish up i'm studying for the cpa but can i just shadow you and like be a part of what you're looking to do And he's like, sure, man, like whatever you need. So I kind of just latched on and I was there for two months. I wasn't like, we weren't getting paid or anything. I was just kind of like willing to learn and kind of like helping out, I'd hang a lockbox or hang a sign and do that, do an open house here and there. There was no systems, nothing. I quickly realized like the first time I think he showed me was like a, a 12K check. And I was like, you get to keep all that? And he's like, yeah, this is like what I get to my end. And I'm like, no, I was like, no way. And i knew what i was making because i already had my job offer in accounting every week i'd see him closing a check closing a check and i'm like this doesn't make sense man like you were a cop before this like it doesn't make sense like how are you doing this like and he's like dude you could do this trust me like it's not a difficult business like you know i'll help you out it was just eating me alive watching check after check come in and just like it wasn't that difficult of work and i looked at how hard i worked the past four years to get this job And it's like, they were just blowing me out of the water. And yeah, they were older and stuff, but I was 22 at the time. And and I essentially, I stopped studying for the CPA. Like my family was so mad. They were like, what are you doing? Like you have a career that is like, people work their entire life to work in that position. And I just realized I was like, this is not for me. And even my my boss at the time at the uh, accounting firm was like, at the real estate company was like, Joe, like you're not gonna make it out there. And not, not being negative, like I wasn't good enough for that space, he was saying like, you can do more than that. Like you're selling yourself short. But the problem is, is like, I kind of like, I set my goals so high for that accounting firm And then once I got it, I was like, what the hell do I do now? Like, it was almost like there was no challenge because the way that firm was set up, it was like, you kind of just raised through the ranks. You know, every year you get a promotion, you get more money and that's it. The corporate ladder. I took the job and I said, I didn't, I didn't listen because I was like, you know what? I want to try it. I want to see what it is because I feel like if I don't do it, then I'm going to feel like I miss out on opportunity. So I went in, I worked there for three months. It was absolute hell. was i was an auditor for private equity and and hedge funds which was interesting i just remember every single day driving and i'm like i hate this job i hate this like i would drive there in the morning i'd hate it i'd come home with like i hate it every like i was working 80 90 hours a week and we were working salary so you don't get paid time and a half or more money and i was like is this what i want to do like and all and then and then sometimes during the week i'd be at the office learning real estate. And I'm like, I was like, I can do this, you know? And then essentially what happened was I ended up leaving that job. I closed my first deal and I thought like, oh, I was just going to take off. And then I closed my first deal and then I didn't close another one for like another six months. So I ended up staying at that brokerage for a little bit. The team that I was working with kind of split apart. And then I was kind of homeless right there. And I was like, what do I do? I I had conversations with a buddy that was working in commercial real estate. He was actually my roommate and he goes, come work here. You know, we're getting really good training. The checks are bigger. You know, everyone's like, oh, I got a 50K check, 100 grand check. You know, it's like big and bad. You get to be a commercial agent. You're wearing a suit. You feel like you're like on Wall Street. Like they did a great job of making you feel like it was much bigger than it really was. So it was pretty much a chop shop. Cold call all day long and locked myself in my cube and just blasted the phones. But I'll tell you, like that one job in commercial has taught me everything and more that I needed to know in sales. And it built that kind of grit factor that... Cause I was always like scared to be on the phones. I was not really confident on the phones. Cause I was like, accountant, you know, I'm not a salesperson. Like I just run numbers, I'm analytical. When you're calling commercial owners that own $20 million buildings, you learn really quick to know your stuff. Cause if you don't, they'll rip you a new one. So what happened is I built up the grit there. I got my first deal together. After I got the check, I realized I was like, wait a second. Why am I only making 10 grand? The fee was 200. And then I realized like, I didn't really look into the split structure and how it was set up. And it just made no sense. So I just left. And then I was stuck in another position where it's like, you know, my family's coming at me, they're like, what are you doing? You left a great job in corporate. Now you left another job. What like what what, what is going on with you? And it, I went on for two three months just switching jobs, and to the point where like everybody that interviewed me was like, I don't want to hire you. You seem like a great person, but you just job hopped. And I was like, you know what? Like you you're saying it's job hopping. I'm saying it. I know an opportunity when I see it. And unfortunately, a lot of these were fake opportunities. I usually know within the first ninety days because I work so hard in those jobs. Like if somebody says I work 50 hours, I'll work 90 because I'm like the quicker I learn, if this makes sense, the quicker I'll stay. So I just didn't see the opportunity anymore. And I was like, at that point, I was like, who cares? Because I left the corporate job. If I want to go back to corporate, I'll go back. Then uh, I went to work for mom and pop brokerage for two years. Um, It was more investment focused because I was starting to go to a lot of these networking events and everyone was like, use other people's money. You can invest into real estate, all this stuff. I learned a lot, didn't sell anything So I went a good two years of making no money. I built up probably like 40, 50 grand worth of credit card bills. And I didn't even know at the time that you could utilize 0% or any of that stuff. So I was just being stupid. But I was just like, you know what? I'm not looking back. I don't care. I'm just gonna keep moving forward. I'll figure it out. I can always make more money. I can pay that and I don't care. Then I ended up making a transition um, at that brokerage. I ended up closing like three deals in those two years and it was just bad. You know, like I was just like, I'm not getting guidance. I'm not getting support. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, Do I want to go to a corporate sales route? What do I want to do? I'm making no money at the time. Like I'm 23 years old. All my friends are in their senior level careers. They're all in like the second and third tiers at my accounting firm. And they're like making 80, 90. And they're like, Joe, like come back, dude. Like, what are you doing? You're, you're, you're wasting your time there. And I'm like, I just blocked their numbers. I was like, I'm blocking your number. I'm not talking to you. Like, I just kind of was arrogant. I was like, you're not supporting the vision. Cause I ha- I knew what I wanted to do. I struggled because I think for the most part I tried to do everything on my own. And that's when a buddy of mine who was a mortgage lender at the time that I met at Carl Williams was like, Hey, you gotta talk to this guy. He's doing good things. He's young. He's hungry and he needs more people. And I'm like, Yeah, yeah, whatever. I'm like, I'm doing my own thing, man. And like I was making it seem like I was doing great, all this stuff, and I was doing horrible. But I was just like, I don't want to be in the mindset that I'm doing horrible. I was just being positive And I'm like, it'll, it'll work out. And it wasn't working out. Like everything I was doing, like I was just hemorrhaging money and I just needed to just make adjustments. So I waited four months after that conversation and he hits me up again. He goes, let's go get lunch. He goes, dude, just have a conversation. I set up for you on Friday. Go talk to him. Better not waste my time. Cause I was like, meanwhile, I had all the time in the world. I was like, who the hell? Like, looking at who I was, I'm like, who the hell is this kid? Like, I had all the time in the world. I felt like I knew better. You know, I was just being straight up stubborn. I went to go meet with him. That turns out to be Matt. And we sat down, we were at Panera, and we're sitting there, and he's telling me how guys in his team are doing 25 deals, 30 deals. I'm like, bullshit. <laughs> because everybody in real estate, everybody in sales sells you the dream. And I've been sold the dream now like seven times. Dude, I don't believe you at all. I was like, let's go see the office. Let me go talk to some people. I'm talking to some people. It turns out where I'm like, I'm getting like a common theme, a common story. Like it's kind of hard if they're all like, I don't think they're making this up. You know, like it's like they're all wearing suits. And I'm like, this is just weird. Like it might be a little too good to be true. And I'm like, all right. So you're telling me you're going to give me leads, support systems and help me. And you're going to make me make a lot of money. And he goes, yeah. And I go, all right well, I'm going to take your word for it. I didn't. And at the same time, I was actually applying for another job in corporate sales and I got it. And I got offered $85,000 in my accounting job. I was making 60. So like job hopping and not even trying, I got paid another 25 grand by just going to a different career path. Okay. 85 grand. I have no expenses, no bills. And I still felt like there was more. I was like, I could do more. It it, set, it seemed crazy at the time. Like my family was like, you're nuts. 80 grand's is a lot of money. You have no experience. Like you're being ridiculous. And I said, "No." like I'm not I'm not settling. So I went to go take a job for hundred percent commission <laughs> and um, work with Matt. In the first 90 days, I put eight deals together. And I remember sitting down with him. When he he first sat down with me, he goes, why should I even hire you? Like you've hopped every job in creation. If I put resources and money behind you, like are you gonna like waste my time? And I'm like, dude, I'll know in 90 days if this makes sense or not. If it works in 90 days, I'll be here as long as I understand it makes sense. And 90 days went by, put eight deals together. First year I did 30 deals with the team. That was four and a half years ago. And since that every every year has pretty much like one and a half or two X. So it went from 30 to 50 to 60 to 80, You know, grown dramatically. And then I took a step back this year, I'm still in production, but now I'm the director of sales for the team. And when I first started on the team, there was five agents. It took us three years to get to 18. And now we just purchased a 9,000 square foot building. It took us three months to hire 30 people. So like we're growing rapidly. Um, Our plan is to have a hundred agents by the end of the year. Honestly, incredible. Like I look back and I think back, I'm like, damn, four and a half years. And even like some of the agents I tell them, I'm like, like, I I think the real, the real thing that hit me is in year two, I made what I made as an accountant in a month. I made 60K in a month. This is real. Okay. That's actually in my bank account right now. And I can spend it (laughs) like, and, and I was like, the sky is the limit. I was like, I just looked at the more phone calls I made, the more hands I shook, the more people I met, I was like, I got the systems, I know what to do, I got the know-how, I have the experience, and it just kept compounding until it got to the point where it's at now where most of my days focus on training new agents, building up their systems and growing them to kind of where I got to. And I always remind them, I'm like, I'm only four and a half years ahead of you. I'm not that far ahead of you. And we're growing rapidly. And majority of our team, I'm, I'm super happy with, you know, we plan to crack a thousand sales this year. Uh, this Q1, we just had a one Q1 uh, Q2 kickoff meeting. So we reviewed all the numbers from Q1. So we did 160 transactions at 60 million in volume. It's We're blowing through numbers. I actually don't have enough people for the amount of opportunities we have. And that's, that's hard to believe sometimes, but I'm the proof in the pudding, you know what I mean? Like I'm proof that I'm proof of concept for our, for our organization, because I started as a, as an agent and now I'm, I'm running it with Matt. Like it works. I know it works and all the systems we built around, around it, I built and helped create, we know it works. So like, we're very, very successful with the agents onboarding and bringing people on and we have a long runway. Like Matt's 30, I'm 27. So we have a huge runway. I'll be in this business for another 40 years. You know, it's probably gonna change a lot, but it's gonna be interesting. And, and who knows, 40, if we can grow 30 agents in three months, 40 years, I mean, we could be like 10,000. We could take over an entire broker. Like it's just, it's crazy. This guy's a limit, but that's that's kind of the the story. I know
0: it was a long winded. That was that was a phenomenal story to break down and like just so many things buzzing through my head as you're telling it. And like the thing that just stuck out to me was just like your persistence, you know. And I know so many people, whether it's real estate or the mortgage space or just any business, especially in sales, it's hard to kind of just put your shoulder in and keep going when you're not feel like you're making a lot of ground. What was that vision that you had? You referenced vision a couple times. I feel like there had to be something big that you could see up ahead because you were like hey, I didn't make money for two years or what it might be. Like, what did you have that kept you going, you know? And were there times that you were just like, it's not worth it, right? You mentioned like going back into corporate, but kind of talk people through, right? Because there might be people in that scenario right now, right, that are like, I have been doing what Joe's doing, I'm not there and I'm thinking of giving up. So many times where I I wake up and
1: I'm like, I don't wanna, like, it's so tough and you just have to get past it. And um, there's plenty of times where I'm like, this sucks. Like COVID, I was like, I wanna quit. I don't want to do this. This is horrible. Or during COVID, I felt like we built up the entire business and like everything was just crashing, you know, we just kept pushing ahead. Um, But I think a, a big thing for me that kind of changed my whole perception into what made me have this kind of mentality was a big part of that story was the time two years before I graduated college, my dad had been battling cancer since he was 50. So five years. So it was like throughout all through high school and everything like that. The entire time he never went to college. Never did any of that, only worked in insurance and worked his way up like the corporate ladder, was vice president, was going to be president, did very, very well for himself. I watched corporate kind of just swipe underneath his feet, take everything from him. They kind of saw what was happening and they're like, You're a liability. You work in insurance. We understand liability, you're a liability. And he lost it we almost ended up losing our house. For me, it's kind of crazy how it came full circle, but like people don't understand, like when you're when you're kind of in that position, you're riding at a certain level. And, you know, there there was a point where like, if that didn't happen, i probably been working in insurance. I probably would have been in a much better position, but I wouldn't be who I am today because I would have never experienced that. When you are in a normal setting, you have a normal family and everything's working out and everything's great, you know, and then all of a sudden your house gets turned upside down and everything just shit hits the fan, you quickly learn how to like adapt. And you're just like, it's either fight or flight and you start to figure out stuff. So I think like, I relate back to that a lot in certain scenarios. Like I don't feel the pressure from the regular market or I don't don't feel anything because of that experience. And it sounds kind of crazy, but like, I think of that and I go, what I'm doing is nothing. Like, it's not difficult. I'm waking up every single day and I'm doing what I want to do. And you just have to keep going. And I think the biggest thing is with that is like, I was always thinking it was like my mindset when I was in accounting was like, that could happen to me. So if I don't do what I want to do, like, you know what I mean? I I watched it happen in front of me. And I tell that to a lot of people today and I'm like, you never know when that clock is. And he didn't know. I mean, he went his entire life and 50 years and now it's like, you're done. And then like, I look at it, the transition of like, it was so rapidly. It was like 50, 51 and then just deteriorating, lost his job, almost lost her house. He actually got paralyzed in, in the process. And I was just like, like that, everything taken, you know what I mean? Like somebody that was at a such high level. And it just said to me, I'm just like, you know what? Like there's way more out there. I think like that whole thing happened to propel me kind of in in the direction that I'm in. And I look at things just so differently, like much more big picture long-term and just sticking to it and just staying to it long-term. And I just know like if where I'm at right now, if it doesn't work, I don't care. I just readjust and just keep going. You know what I mean? Like I'm not worried about like it, it not working because I think like for the longest time, like the reason why I went that accounting path and it was security. Like I was like, my hope. think about it, your whole world's turned upside down. You're thinking about security. I need to support the family. I need to make money. I need to help out people. I, I can't take risks. Like you become so risk adverse. I remember, I think I went to an event and they were they were talking about kind of when you're taking, like if you're not scared of what you're doing, then it's not a big enough goal. But so then I started thinking about it and I'm like, what am I scared to do? Work 100% commission. And make no money. So that's what I went and did. And I just keep doing it. And like the goals just keep getting bigger. It's like the fear, just the stuff that was scary a month ago is gone. Like that feeling is just gone. And like it's just like a challenge now. Everything is just bigger and bigger. And like it's always just about just increasing that kind of new challenge. And like also too, growing up, I played a lot of sports. So I think that has a lot to do with it. Like I'm like always like, a competitor naturally. And I always just want to win. And like, it's always like that next big challenge. It's like, all right, you win the the baseball tournament, but then next year, guess what? You got to restart the process, do the thing all over again. But yeah, I I think that was the biggest thing is just like the grit kind of built around that just correlating, right? Because I think a lot of people, sometimes that happens to them. I could have sat there and said, my life's terrible and just fall into a deep pit. But I kind of use that as motivation to be like, let's make a difference. Let's dig deeper. Let's figure this out. And honestly, for a lot of people, like when they hear that, or they kind of see my story, they look at me too, and they can relate to it. Cause they're like, I'm not this spectacular person. Like I was always average, like I'm five, six, I'm like average weight. I'm like pretty average. I'm not a super salesman, I'm not a super analytical person, like. I know those things. I'm good at those things, but it's because I've worked hard at those things. Not necessarily, I'm like naturally gifted. You know, even in real estate, like I always like, I have to make the most amount of calls. I can't just get, I don't get lucky as other people. I get luckier because I make more calls. I think that's, and that's how I'm able to train agents because it's been so difficult for me to do things and understand things. But when I do understand them, it's at a very, very deep level and
0: I can teach it. So it becomes easier. Yeah, I love it, man. I think people overshoot the uh, you know the small improvements, right? James Clear talks about atomic habits, like that one percent improvement compounded will just have phenomenal yeah. results over 365 days, and everybody wants the overnight success story and and stuff like that. Man, that's great. No, I love it. I think again, your story, what what really gets to me is just your persistence and like another big thing isn't only persistence, but it's your, you weren't just banging your head against the wall forever, right? You said, hey, I'm gonna give this 90 days. You worked twice as much as normal people did in those 90 days. You had 180 days of experience and you said, hey, this isn't it. So you you pivoted, right? And the old saying, like, if nothing changes, then nothing changes, right? You didn't just stay in that first opportunity for three years, four years and like just burn out. So, you know, again, there's there's a delicate balance between like giving up too early, but then also putting in the work and just saying this isn't the ideal scene for me and seeking what that next opportunity is going to be, you know, but you had a vision, right? And you kind of new where you want. And to I know. think that's that's an interesting way to put it. I
1: think what's important is sometimes when you identify there's a problem, that problem could either be problematic or it's actually an opportunity. And I think I look at it and I go, there's a problem like COVID in the market. That's an opportunity because now people are scared, fear, there's fear. I'm going to take advantage of this situation, right? So like you have to always look at it and just slow down your thinking to the point where there's a problem here, But because there's a problem, how can I capitalize on on more opportunity? Because people are going to be fearful. I think that's super important, but you're right. There's that delicate balance where it's like, you don't want to quit too early because some people do quit too early and you're kind of, I think the bigger thing, and I teach this to a lot of our guys is stay focused on one thing, is to really figure out if what you're doing works. Don't do 10 different things. Like I see a lot of people, they do real estate. They want to do an Amazon store. They want to do this, do that. All these things don't do that stick to one thing. Once you've built that kind of base, then you start to branch out. Some of the greatest individuals, they only did one thing, right? And then they branch out from there. Like now, like four and a half years in the business, I'm finally getting into the investment side. I've been itching to get into it. When you have the capital to do it, and also the knowledge that I've learned over the years, I can move at a different speed. My big thing, and um, same thing with Matt, my partner, is We always, we call it like, it's called overloading the system. You just overload the system until it breaks. Like a lot of people are are afraid to do that, you know, because they're like, everyone likes the peachy, creamy, easy system that works.
0: Facebook adage of like move fast and break things. Was that the, uh, the saying that they had?
1: Exactly. It's, it's always constant adjustment. And I think so many people, instead of implementation, they try to spread it out and they go, well, what if this happens? None of that matters. Do it and then adjust. If it doesn't work after like 90 days, six months, then get rid of it. But you have to give it a good solid attempt and be able to track it. But it's the same thing like with with my agents. It's like they call for a week and they wonder why they don't get results. It's like call for 90 days and do it
0: every single day. And like try to tell me you're not going to be better off because of that. Yeah, man. Just that compounded, right? And one thing I'll go back to your story before. I just love how you put, you know, you were were putting twice the work in that someone is. So call for 90 days. But under the Joe plan, calling for 90 days, you're probably telling them to die twice as many hours as somebody else would would think about it, right? And it's just putting in that time and putting in the reps, essentially, whether it's real estate or gym or anything. Yeah,
1: I learned that from when I worked in commercial. It was a numbers game. Like my my sales manager at the time was like, Joe, if you're going to be here, why are you stopping at 100 calls? And I'm like, you know what? You're right. I can call 500 people. And he's like, yeah, you're going to get that much closer to it. And I got better on the phones and I just kept going and going. And I just put the headset on and just started banging away. We used to track the calls every single day. And I used to be like one of the top. I would come in an hour earlier just to make another like hundred calls in that hour. And um, in commercial, you deal with a lot of owners like doctors or high net individuals. And my connection rate was way higher because I'd call that doctor 730 in the morning. Hey doc, got this property over in Union County for you it's a great opportunity they're drinking their coffee thinking about their day like no one's calling them at that early in the morning so it's just doing more quickly i think is better and it goes back to overloading the system and you just learn way quicker faster we do the same thing i mean we like, like I just said, we onboarded 30 agents in three months, like no one's doing like, and, and wow. if we could have done more, we would have done more, you know, same thing with like leads or systems. It's like, let's do 80 deals until your eyes want to pop out of your head.
0: And then we're going to figure out how to do 180 deals and then just keep going and going and going. What, so apart from doing all that stuff, you know, we're talking about the team and your guys' growth. What areas are you guys in that, that you guys are operating in?
1: Yeah. So I would say our, our, our marketplace is an hour and a half Around Edison, that's probably the easiest way to say it. We cover all the way up to Bergen, all the way down to Ocean. Some parts of Mercer, um, but we're growing rapidly. We have agent count at 48 agents, so we're picking up agents all over. So we're spreading out, um, and you know, we're there's so much opportunity. I mean, we we're going over the numbers today. And if, even if we did a thousand deals this year, that's less than 1% of the market share in New Jersey. So even if we stuck out in New Jersey, there's plenty of
0: opportunity across the entire state to do business. Um, So we're excited. With all that data of all the transactions you guys did and the growth, like you probably would be really good answer to this question of what are you seeing out there in the market as far as supply, demand, like people watching this who are wanting to get a house, sell their house, like what are you seeing out there?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, every market's a little bit different. Um, our primary market happens to be an hour from the city. So we haven't really seen much of a slowdown. Past an hour from the city, it's, stuff is starting to slow down a little bit. Um, closer proximity to New York, the same fundamentals is close proximity to New York, uh, good schools, good community. You're seeing good values across the board. We're not really seeing anything slowing down. If anything, as the warmer weather comes out, uh, things are starting to ramp up and and get a little bit
0: crazier. Um, Obviously competitive still. And something I've experienced working with you on a few deals is your, your unique strategy to win the bid, as we call it. Kind of give people some tips things that they should think about and if you know they're working with the realtor right now just things to keep in mind of how to win the bid in this competitive environment yeah
1: so I, I think the two biggest things we lean on is one is our relationships in the marketplace i never stopped building relationships with other agents and our agents don't stop doing that um we always say buyers and sellers come and go agents are here forever you know this deal might not work out with me and you today but we're going to get a deal together in the future because we're here to stay So that's important to know. So keep those relationships. And I'm not talking like if you're not doing a lot of business, like the agents are like, well, how do you build a relationship? Pick up the phone and call them. Hey, John, I know you're doing a lot of deals in East Brunswick. I wanna know you. I want you to know who I am. If I have a buyer, I wanna reach out to you. Do you have anything up and coming? You're not building the relationship when you're submitting an offer, right? It's before the offer. But they're like, oh, hey, Joe, how you doing? And then the strategies, I mean, it's real simple. I mean, I always tell clients price is number one, and then the terms associated with that price come right, right there, second, right? And I try to make it real straight. And simple for them. What we're seeing across the board is appraisal waivers and inspection waivers. I hear some agents sometimes are like, you shouldn't do that because we have a fiduciary duty. That's a disservice to your client. The fiduciary duty is to advise your client the best they can to put them in the best position to win the bid. That's your duty. Not to By not educating them about what they can do in this market is a disservice. And, and that happens quite frequently in, in this marketplace. And a lot of times it's it comes down to decision-making. If your clients can make a quicker decision, then they're able to win the bid. Allowing them to understand and educate them and those different things are, you know, a variety of things could be waiving an appraisal, waiving an inspection or doing a limited inspection, but also educating around what does that mean? What are the risks associated? What are there, What is there to protect them? Um, you have to understand the full scope And my job is to help you mitigate that risk and say, hey, John, if we submit this offer, this is the worst case scenario. And they go, okay, I'm okay with that. Then guess what? Then we move forward. If they don't, then we don't move forward. It's as simple as that. You need them to make decisions, but I clearly outline it to them. And I think the best way that I've come up with is I almost do like a menu. I give them a menu. I go, look, these are all my strategies. This is what I know what it takes. Read through them, let's discuss them. And I'm gonna add as many as I can. The more in there, the better. And it makes it real simple. Sometimes like you guys overthink it, line item it out and just have them pick it like they're selecting a menu.
0: And um, I found that to be the easiest way. Nice, man. So to to recap there, it sounds like some big things are relationships, right? Because this is a people to people thing, Uh, speed and then just expertise and knowledge of, you know the options that are out there available. So that's that's huge stuff, and I know every little bit helps as far as knowledge in this you know market. With there still being a ton of demand and supply, you know, not being uh, where people might think it should be. So that's um, that's very helpful. If anybody has any questions or wants to reach out to you, Joe, from the you know the. want to buy a house they want to sell a house or like agents are listening to you like this joe guy sounds pretty cool i want to learn more about what they're doing what's the best way for people to to get a hold of
1: you yeah so uh you can either hit me on instagram so Joe joecolo3 is the uh channel so it's uh j-o-e c-o-l-e-e c-o-l-e-l-l-a-3
0: did you just get your name wrong it's like 500 points on the sat you just you just messed up right there
1: you want to know what I got on the SAT?
0: I got, I got an 1100 out of 24,
1: 2400. So I pretty much almost didn't even do the English section. I'm just, so you know, I'm the worst at spelling and English that there is. Like I am horrible. Um, and it's funny because I read a lot of books. Most of the time, like I read, like I'm a selective reader, <laughs> yeah. like sort of like selective hearing, but like I'm a selective re- Like once I see something good, I'm like, all right, that's it. I'm done. Like i got my point it's, i got the book i get it um but yeah 1100 out of 2400 i was a complete i went to like the sat schools and all this stuff i think what happened with me there is um i was just like you know what i'm gonna just build relationships like even from an early age like i was just more strategic about it like i'd be like you know what i'm doing terrible in this class i'm not gonna do better i'm just gonna go to the office hours and just build a really hey professor so-and-so i have no idea what i'm doing can you help me and most of the time like they're like, this guy's at least trying and attempting. And uh, that's even how I got my first job too. I was I didn't have the highest GPA. And people were like, how did you get that job? I remember when I got the job, the recruiter said to me, her name was Marissa. She goes, Joe, stop calling me. <laughs> and I called her every day for a straight month, leaving her voicemails, text messages, emails. I was like, hey, is there an update? Just want to check in. Um, hope all's doing. Hope all's well, hope, How's your family's great. And like little did I know, like I was just over the top with, with the follow-up. It, it's just funny, kind of like putting it in perspective, looking back, but
0: yeah, it sounds like persistence was the theme throughout this whole, you know, journey so far. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested it's- to see where you take it, man, and uh just seeing your journey because like you said, you're a young guy still. So uh, I know you're gonna keep going and um you know, see that I think I cut you off with, with dropping your handle there. So, so one more time, if people want to get a hold of you, what's the best way?
1: Yeah, so it's Joe Colet three, so it's just J O E C O L E L L A three, and uh, that's on Instagram. If you want to text me, call me 732 266 0381. And yeah, you'll find my stuff online, any realtor you can find online. So, <laughs> you just
0: if you Google You're me, cool. you'll find. Well, there you have it, man. This was a ton of fun. I, you know, I think I've uh, learned some, even more about you than I know, just even knowing you this many years. So again, if anybody has any questions, reach out to Joe. Definitely highly experienced in the, uh, the real estate space. If you have any questions about financing or want to know about tier one programs, eligibility, things like that, you can message me definitely. And uh, I think we're going to have to do this again sometime, Joe. I think we like still have so much to unpack. So can I, uh, can I get the guests to, to get you to commit to at least one more episode sometime in the future?
1: I'm ready. Yeah. Like I said, I I could talk for a lot, so we can can probably be on here for a while. But yeah, I think there's a lot of impactful stuff. So it's a good
0: good start. And then we'll keep it going. Sounds good, man. It was great seeing you.
1: All right, Nick. Thanks again. Thanks for having me. And um, yeah, if you guys need anything, reach out.